I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Just Keyshawn and me today. Jay Bob is on vacation. No, I can't call him Jay Bob if he's not here to defend himself. What? That's a nickname I gave him. Yes, you gave him a nickname he doesn't want. And? I can't. See, if he was here, we could call him J-Bob. We can't call him J-Bob when he's not oh, here. Oh, gosh. He has to be able to defend himself. What a great coincidence, though. He goes on vacation at the same time Aaron Rodgers goes in the darkness. They might be the same person. They might be in the same location. I've never seen those two in the same place at the same time, come to yeah. think of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Aaron They're vacationing Rod- together. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers apparently has emerged from the darkness with what new insight, who knows. May I make a prediction, and uh, I'll predict now, that what the darkness, what he discovered in the darkness is... That $60 million yeah, is it. Yeah, he'll take that 58-point whatever this year. He's got, he's, uh, the darkness, he's got real clarity, and now he's going to take it. So you always say 58, I say 60-plus, because he's yeah. getting money from other stuff. Yeah, got to right. add all that up. Yeah. He won't get all that, right? It'll, if, he, if he gets rid of football... It says, I don't want to play, then it probably some other stuff goes away. What did, what did Eddie Murphy say in trading places? Yeah. I believe I could hang out with you gentlemen for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, I think he's going to continue. You know, to money's play. not everything, Max. Hey, according to the owner of the facility in Southern <laughs> Oregon, where, the, where, where Aaron Rodgers spent the last several days and nights, he has emerged. Uh, uh, Scott Berman owns the Sky Cave Retreats, and he said Rodgers left the dark room. <laughs> But how did they know? And he left the dark room in the facility Wednesday. Man. I wonder how did uh, why Scott would put that out, though. I wonder if Aaron Rodgers told him, hey, tell him I'm leaving. Hmm. Because usually, you know, it's private. You don't want people knowing exactly where you're at. But this is an opportunity to promote it. I do like a cold, dark room. Yes. Right? Quiet, cold, and dark. But not Sometimes for four days. <laughs> and also, I don't need to go to a special, like, you know, you just I told close you, the door, I, turn I, off I the told lights, you I did cut on one, AC. part of one of the wellness things I've done one day. Just one day. They got their hands on you out there. What's the matter with you? No, it's yes, fine. No, it clears no, your no, mind. Max no. is, is quiet. It's like you turn off your phone. Like, just, that's the best part about it. When you can go somewhere and you can't communicate, you just chill. I don't have to worry about okay. What? When you were growing up. No, I did not think I was going to be in a dark. <laughs> only dark room I was going to be in because my mom forgot to pay yeah, the light the bill. Electric the electric went off. off. Yes, that is correct. You want to go on a darkness retreat? Visit Key in his childhood. Yes, that is correct. Oh, man. he's going Because we didn't have enough money to pay the light bill. Don't listen. Don't they get to you And the extension car the, wasn't the, long enough to get it from the neighbor. With the kale smoothies and everything. Hey, listen. Right now. We're going to talk to Jake Paul. Top Rank presents a highly anticipated superstar fight. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. It's live on ESPN Plus, pay-per-view, exclusive digital distributor in the U.S. Sunday, February 26th, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Jake Paul, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? 
Man, good. Doing well. Jake, I got to say, you know, a lot of people are highly critical of you, and they come to me with it as though I'm going to be like-minded, you know, real boxing people. Man, I think you've been very good for boxing so far. You not only take it seriously, train diligently, you're a real right-handed puncher, and you are in a tough spot. You've got to make these big events, but you're just getting started. You don't match yourself with a world champion, right? You start slow. And when's he going to fight a professional boxer? Well, apparently now. You're fighting the heavyweight champion of the world's half-brother, Tommy Fury. How are you feeling heading into the fight? I feel amazing, man. Prepare for this moment. I wanted this fight for so long now. And I'm excited to finally check off the checklist fighting a professional boxer because that has been the biggest criticism, right? And, you know, a lot of people have a lot to say. Max, I, I know they come to you, and I know we've kind of agreed on a, on a lot of things. But at the end of the day... Take your favorite boxer. Maybe it's Mike Tyson. Maybe it's Floyd. Maybe it's Muhammad Ali. Maybe it's Gervonta Davis, you know, who's about to fight Ryan Garcia. Gervonta's eighth fight was up against a guy who was one and two. He was an MMA fighter. Right. So, you know, you look at Mike Tyson's seventh fight. It was up against a taxi driver. Terrible record. And I love those guys. It's not nothing against them. But what I'm doing is fighting an undefeated UK prospect his brother's the heavyweight champion of the world. He's been doing this since he was 10 years old. I've only been boxing for three years, so I'm challenging myself more and more than a lot of your favorite boxers ever did in their seventh fight. Yeah, Jake, I want to I get into that for one second. Keep, give me one second. I, it's one of the, I was talking to Mark Kriegel about this on Max Unboxing last week. There are, and I left out the, the other element of your popularity, which is you can really punch. You, you provide highlight reel one-punch knockouts, for example, of Askren, of Woodley, of Nate Robinson early, right? You're just fighting a basketball player. But going into that fight, I didn't know who was going to win. He's an athletic guy, a scrappy guy, and you're a YouTuber. I don't know who's going to win that fight. And I find that's true of a lot of your fights. Going in afterwards, it's like, well, yeah, of course Jake's going to win. Going in, I don't know who's going to win. Once again, you're doing that. I don't know who wins. I guess I, I thought you would beat uh, uh, Silva because by now I know you're learning how to fight and you got a big right hand and Silva's old. But going into this fight, I don't know who's going to win. That is part of your popularity. The outcome is uncertain. Are you doing that intentionally? Is that part of the way you're selling these events? Is that something that, that professional prize fighters at a high level can learn from what you're doing? Yeah, 100%. You see them taking these tune-up fights all the time where their fans know they're going to win. Tiafimo Lopez is fighting guys where he's the minus 3,000 favorite. A lot of these big fighters are fighting people where they're the minus 1,500 favorite, minus 500 favorite even. They're not challenging themselves. I genuinely have raised the level of opposition fight after fight after fight, and I have a duty to sell these pay-per-views and, and to – break bread with my business partners, the biggest people in the game, and actually make them money. So I have to challenge myself um, and push the envelope. And I'm under more of a microscope than any other boxer because of the way that I came into this game. So people are going to judge me. They're going to criticize me. They're going to try to find any little hole in what I'm doing and tear it and rip it apart and magnify it like crazy. Um, so I have to fight harder opponents. And uh, that's what makes this fight the biggest fight that I've had yet to date because it is the professional boxer. He's undefeated. He's a UK prospect. His brother's the heavyweight champion of the world. And there's been so much buildup for the past three years. And people, genuinely, it's a, it's really 50-50 to them, to the, to the audience. I know I'm going to win. Uh, obviously, I'm going to knock this guy out. But Ooh. in terms of marketing, 
that's why everyone's excited. Even though Jake's on with us, Max, tell me about this Jake Paul guy. What, 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 what is he real? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he. By the way, Jake, I had no idea what to think. I was vaguely aware of you when you had your YouTube fights. Okay, look at that. He beat another YouTuber. Oh, he beat. Oh, now he knocked a guy out. Nate Robinson. I don't know. Oh, look at that. He knocked him out. Oh, an MMA fighter, but he's not a striker. Look at that. He knocked him out. Yeah. Now a striker. He beats him. He rematches. He knocked him out. Now, now a bo- like you know. Step by step, as you said, the way all fighters are Hey, built. Jake, how, how far are you trying to take this career? Like, where are you trying to go with boxing? I'm going to be a world champion. Simple and plain. It's a, it's a clear goal, and I know I could do it. I spar against world champions. I train with world champions. My coaches, uh, two of them are world champions. So uh, I know what it takes. I, I know I'm capable of it. And really the only person that can beat me is me. And it's a cliche saying and blah, you hear that all the time, but it's, it, it holds true um, for me, especially. And I, I want to do it just to say that I became a world champion for fun. Just it's, it's almost like a troll to me in a sense, because no one will believe that I'm able to do it. Um, I don't so. believe you can do By the way, Jake, I'm a fan of yours. I like what you do for boxing. I like the way you even treat the undercard fighters on the cards you promote. You make sure they get paid. I think you're good for the sport. But I don't – like a world champion. You're, you know, let me see you beat Tommy Fury, right? Let me see you steadily increase the level of professional but, – but that's not to criticize you. That's to say, like, mark this down. If that ever happens, you have defied the odds by more, I think, than people but realize. Why, but but why, why don't you think he can do it, it though, It is Max? almost what Jake is talking about is if you have no amateur background and you just turn pro and you're already 20-something years old, the <laughs> odds that you become a champion in boxing, like a real champion, but he look, oh, just, are uh, almost zero. But he looks good. To, I, don't, I don't have the boxing eye you have, he, but I'm looking at it in the way that I – Use my mind as I say, well, those world champions started off doing did, something against tomato much, cans. But usually much younger. They have amateur experience. Usually, Jake knows how long the odds are. That's why he's trying to do a very improbable thing. No, Max, thing. You're, yeah. you're, you're 100% right. The, the odds are probably 0.00001%, and that's right. why I want to And you want to do it. Right. To Good for you. The odds. Pe- people, say, um, people say impossible. I say let's find out. And that's really the journey that I'm on currently and and How to prove to myself that, that oh, I course. can do it yeah. and to prove to you, like, I'm going to come back and watch this clip one day and we're going to be like, yeah, wow, well, he really did it or he, he died trying. Because, because Jake, what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, but Jake, what you're doing, and by the way, when he says die trying, Jake fights with a lot of heart. I have now seen him in several close fights where – it's hard to go seven, eight rounds when you're first starting out, right? You usually say it takes five, six years to make a 10-round fighter. I've seen Jake in the seventh, eighth round of a tough fight not back down from the challenge. I'm not questioning your heart, your dedication, your seriousness, and your preparation, your respect for the sport, your punching power, any of those things. But muscle memory, when you see good athletes fight experienced boxers with deep amateur backgrounds – what happens is at the higher levels, they get into exchanges and that muscle memory is just different for the boxer. They of wind course. up beating the athlete. That's why the odds are stacked against Jake. But he just said he's trying to do something that's nearly impossible. He's going to give it his best shot. And so far, the kid hasn't lost. That's what I'm saying. So when I'm looking at it, I'm like, OK, so he is basically learning on the job yes, training right now. Do you think he's going to 
get older before he reaches that goal? Is that what it is? Jake, let me tell you something to your face, so to speak, over the screen. (laughs) Um, Not only that, but you're doing it in front of the whole world. When Mike Tyson and these guys were coming up without Olympic gold medals and stuff, they could develop in where no one's really watching. Jake has to develop and show everybody all his flaws in major events in front of millions of people. And then he has to find opponents that the public cares enough about. They know the opponent, which means the opponent's done something athletically in their life. And also the public thinks maybe he could beat Jake. It's like a 50-50 fight. He's threading an almost impossible needle. How are you going to beat Tommy Fury? Look, um... <laughs> I don't want to give away too much of the game plan, which is probably what every every boxer says uh, before before they fight on these interviews. Um, but just my resilience, my, my stamina, my my constant output, uh, my punching power, um, and there's I do everything better than him. There's nothing that he can do. I'm going to take away his best attributes. We studied everything that he was great at in this camp. And I'm working and going to take those things away very early on in the fight. Um, and he has a lot of flaws in his defense. He's, he's good at offense. He's fast. He throws good combinations. He's a good boxer. Um, but he doesn't have really good defense. And against a puncher like me, that's not a good thing. Um, so I, I'm suspecting a, a fourth-round KO. Um, that's what my prediction is. And... We'll see. We'll see what happens. But hey, everyone way, tune in Sunday, PM Plus. Let's get it. Two guys who started late in life in terms of like late teens, early 20s, or 18 for Rocky Marciano. Deontay Wilder started when he was basically an adult. So there's two examples of big right-handed punchers who started late in their careers but were athletic enough and dedicated enough to become champion. It's not like it's never been done before. That's Jake Paul, ladies and gentlemen. Jake, best of luck against Tommy Fury I know I'll be watching, along with a lot of other people, live on ESPN Plus pay-per-view Sunday, February 26th, 2 p.m., 11 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you, Jay. Good luck, man. Good luck. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you guys having me, for real. Mm-hmm. That is Jake Paul, See, ladies like and gentlemen. I like my face too much to be doing that. Listen, this kid, <laughs> kid's got a lot of heart. He's a man. He's 26, oh, but he's good. got a lot of heart. A man, lot I was of watching heart. some of them blows they was throwing on the video. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Imagine putting yourself out there no, I'm not gonna without experience that. even in front of the whole world, no, talking yourself up I, I'm so not everyone's going watching to do you. that. You don't have to worry about me, Max. I'm going to sit right here with you and be a coward. That's exactly what I'm going to be. Hey, better chance. Better <laughs> chance of becoming a world champion boxer or an NFL wide receiver if you start after the age of 20. ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Jake Paul, who's fighting Tommy Fury. That's Tyson Fury, great heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion of the world right now. Giant, six foot nine, 260 pounds, moves like a lightweight, got chin, heart. He went to Kronk Gym where Tommy Hearns and them, you know, Emmanuel Stewart, his, his, uh, his uh, nephew, Sugar Hill, trains guys now and went there to learn how to punch because before that he was just a slick boxer, even at that size. Now he can punch. That's Tyson Fury. His half-brother, Tommy Fury, who's like a reality star over in England, TV star, is 8-0 as a pro. A lot of setups and stuff. I get it, like easy fights, but 8-0 as a pro. Half-brother of the heavyweight champ, got the jeans, right? Listen, Jake so what, Paul's what, fighting this dude but why Sunday would he, why would he on take, ESPN+. Why would he take this fight, though? Who's Tommy? he? Tommy. Well, that's a big money fight, Jake Paul. You see, Jake Paul sells out arenas. No, no, I understand, but what's the upside other than money for him? What if he gets knocked out? Yeah, there's a risk there, but Tommy Fury is, is limited. So you in a don't lot think he's going to get knocked out, is what you're telling me? I don't know who wins this fight. If you want me to guess, whew, maybe Jake gets him, but just because I've seen Jake consistently win 50 50 type fights, but Tommy Fury has better muscle memory than Jake because he's been doing it longer. But, so, he's, but yeah, he's been doing it longer, but he's, I would say he's, a, I mean, not that he's not a professional fighter, but I, I would just think that Tommy Fury is. A professional fighter, like it just, it just. He's as much reality star as professional fighter. Okay. In other words, his half brother's okay. a great fighter. Okay, he's. It's almost like what, what can I give you an example of someone who played in the league who was great? And his brother also had a cup of coffee, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple guys running around that's like that. But 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 Tommy Fury, meantime, is you know he does have eight pro fights. Ooh. He has been boxing for a while, and it's uncertain who wins. Tom, uh, Jake is a slight favorite, but we were talking before. By the way, it's Ooh. on ESPN Plus and uh, pay per view Sunday, February twenty sixth. That's coming right up two p.m. because it's over there. It's in England. Two p.m. Eastern, eleven a.m. Pacific. So you can catch it in the morning if you're on the West Coast, right there on ESPN Plus pay per view. But we were talking about it, Key. There have been very, you know, so Jake started boxing about five years ago, so he was already 21, let's say, 2021. No amateur experience. Um, Deontay Wilder started as a late teen. Rocky Marciano started as an 18-year-old. And, but they were athletic, but they started very late, their amateur careers, but wound up being heavyweight champs, right? Big right-handed punchers. Jake's a big right-handed puncher, not like those guys, but he's a big right-handed puncher. And he also started late, not that much later than them. So we were talking, is it harder to become champion doing that? I don't know. Like, let's see if Jake can beat a real pro, even like Tommy Fury. What do you mean? When you, say, when you say champion, you mean the top of the top, the number one guy in the world. 
or well, that's what it used to mean. Now it means you grab the belt, right? And you can be maneuvered, but even still, not just anyone can do that. Is it harder to maneuver? Like so, for example, if there's not fight certain people to get to the certain spot, and there are four different sanctioning bodies supposedly giving you belts. So and they, by the way, there's been corruption cases in the past. Money's been exchanged. Yeah, rankings have been bought, but. But, yeah, you fight this guy. He's the right guy. You get ranked. You get a title shot, vacant title. I'm not going to fight him. I'm going to pass him up. 100%. But the NFL also has a lot of jobs where they can hide you here, hide you there, right? Is it harder to become a a wide receiver in the NFL or a champion in boxing if you start, let's say, at the age of 20? Probably boxing based on what you're saying. Really? You think so? Absolutely. Wow, I wouldn't think so. I would think NFL. There's a lot of guys – that have athletic ability that have transferred from different sports to go play in the NFL and at the receiver position because there's certain things I could do with you. If you're fast, I don't have to. If you're fast, I could utilize you in, in many different ways where you, all your job is to do is lift the coverage. Every now and then we might throw you a ball. We might do this with you. We, we're going to run you on reverses. That's why you see a lot of track guys that's never played football before. They get opportunities to join in the NFL and some of them make it, some of them don't. You have spe- Ronaldo like- Nehemiah tried, he got hit and quit. So that was back in the long, that was like in the 80s. It's interesting because boxing, there's no real standard that can be enforced by a central authority like in the NFL. Yeah. NFL, there's a higher standard than in boxing where you can be maneuvered. On the other hand, no. there's, there's specialization in the NFL where you can be used in this limited role, whereas yes. in boxing, you got to do yeah, everything. You can be in a limited role. You can go from being a quarterback in college – like Randall L to playing wide receiver now coaching the receivers and being very effective. Or you could be Julian Edelman that played quarterback and then transferred over to the NFL and was transformed into a nice slot receiver that won Super Bowl or a fast guy who can be an outside yeah, threat or, or, or on special or teams. a guy in Jimmy Graham's case that moved to one of the better tight ends in power his forward. Era. Yeah. yeah, or Antonio Gates. Or, I mean, there's a lot of different my lotta. Malata, who was a rugby player. Never played football yeah. until a couple years ago. Yeah, so you could take guys and you could do certain things with them and it works out just fine. So, I've played with a bunch of people like that, though. So what, what's the toughest challenge of playing the receiver position specifically in the NFL, do you think? Catching the football. Can you catch? Okay, you can catch. Can you catch when you know you're about to get destroyed? Right. That's, so you start off by saying. That separates the men from so, the boys, so right? So you start off saying, can you catch? Right. Oh, okay, he can catch. Okay, can now he catch and know he's getting ready to get hit by a dude who's 6'5", 260, and run a sub 4'5", and he's got a running start at you. How do you go across the middle and not have alligator arms when you know it's coming? I, I don't How do you train your body? That has to be mind over matter. That has to be your brain overcoming your adrenal response, you know, fight or flight, like, oh, let me protect myself. Well, nowadays you can run across there and people will go high. Right, yeah. Back, yeah. back when I played. No. <laughs> You're one of those guys no. now. No, but, you know, several years we ago. We had to run uphill when we went yeah, across the middle. Yeah. Several years ago, you, you know, you, you might want to take a look at the area before you actually cross it. When you were first, when you were a kid, did you ever go across the middle and had to over, was there a time we where We played tackle was, on concrete on asphalt. Right, so you already throw used- up tackles, what we call it, early in the morning, eight o'clock before the bell rings. You throw the ball up in the air, and you know it's a bunch of us, ten, twelve of us, and whoever gets the ball get get in and run. Guys tackle you on the ground, throw up tackle. The so- only time anyone played tackle football in New York is like if they're unless they had it in the high school was if it snowed. <laughs> 
<laughs> you could go play in the park or something. Otherwise, it would play stop motion. You yeah, just stop uh, forward motion. It's very difficult to catch the football going across the middle. That's why a lot of dudes, you Especially know. Especially in the NFL. The big, fast dudes. The more I go across the middle, they say the more I go across some people, the more I had to go across the middle, the wider my split guy. <laughs> so you didn't have to actually go across the middle. <laughs> yeah, you cheated a little bit. That's what I mean. It's like, why, oh, he's on the sideline. Well, you don't have to go all the way across the middle. That's why Parcells like guys like you. Like, who is going to keep it yeah. a buck, right? Getting hit is not fun. Not easy. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Can Sean Payton, there's a Parcells guy, <laughs> fix Russell Wilson? KJM offseason check-in continues with the Denver Broncos coming up. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. And the season's over. The NFL season might be over, but the storylines never stop. More stories, more stories. It's time for KJM's offseason check-in. The Denver Broncos. And to check in about the Denver Broncos here on KJM, we have Chad Brown, former All-Pro linebacker, host of the Players Club on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Morning, Chad. Good morning, fellas. How you guys doing? What's up, Chad? Man, I forgot you went to Mirror. My producer had to t- remind me. I'm like, that's right, he did go to Mirror. This whole time, I had. No- I mean, I obviously knew you went to Colorado, but for whatever reason, I'm getting old. I forgot you went to Mirror. <laughs> How much? Yes, man. The John Muir Mighty Mighty Mustangs. Don't never forget. No, that. I, I, and you went. Was Jock there with you? Jock Vaughn. No, he was a couple years after me. Okay, I was years. there with Stacy Ogma. Stacy D Holmes, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So R- Ricky Irvin. Ricky yes. Irvin. The list is long. Yes. When you have no, a I was telling. I was just telling my guys. I'm like Muir used to be that 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 thing. So there was pressure to win. <laughs> and how much pressure? For real though, how much pressure is on the Broncos? You think? This season, given that, you know, first you, you, you mortgage the farm to bring in Russell Wilson as though you're a quarterback away, even though, like, you know, Stink even was he on the show saying, eh, not just a quarterback away. And now you bring in Sean Payton and he's looking at Rex Ryan. And how much pressure is there to win this season? I think this year there's a little bit of a, 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 a comfort from the Bronco fans that Sean Payton's got to build things up again. Uh, after so many coaches and so many quarterbacks, the, the thought that suddenly they're going to be back in the Super Bowl in the playoff picture I think is just simply not the case. There was a Bronco player, Tim Patrick, last year who said Super Bowl or bust during training camp. 
Tim Patrick ended up tearing his ACL, didn't play the season with the Broncos. But I think that attitude of over-optimism is gone a little bit. A little bit more realism is there. There's a recognition that Russell Wilson needs help, and this offensive line is not in a really good position right now to help him. So Sean Payton's going to have to build things back before that can be part of the picture. How much is bringing in Sean, though, going to change the perception, you think, of Russell Wilson as well as the team? I think this moves uh, the – the, the, the concern about Russell Wilson firmly onto Russell Wilson's shoulders. Last season, we were having a discussion, is it Russell Wilson or is Nathaniel Hackett? When your coach can't get the play call in on time, when he's got to bring in somebody else to help him get the mechanics of a huddle and an operation going, there was a lot of doubts about Nathaniel Hackett. Didn't even make it 16 games into last season, his first season as a Broncos head coach. So now with the experienced head coach of Sean Payton coming in, who directed an amazing offenses with Drew Brees, this moves the burden of proof from the coaching staff all the way to Russell Wilson's shoulders. So if Russell Wilson does not get it done this year, it will be all about Russ. What do you think, Chad? What do you think the Broncos kind of, I know it's early, the draft free agency hadn't really quite happened, but just being in Denver and kind of having a pulse of what's going on, where do you think they'll be at in the division? Let's start there. Well, obviously they're going to be looking up at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs have dominated this division. They've beaten the Broncos 15 straight times, going back a couple of head coaches. That's how long the Kansas City Chiefs have been dominant over the Broncos. Uh, the Chargers have a great quarterback. Uh, we'll see what the Raiders do at the quarterback position, but I think Josh McDaniels can do something good there. So the Broncos are looking up at the rest of this division. And let's face facts. Sean Payton, when he was hired 25 days ago, the thinking was, here's an experienced guy who's got all kind of lead contacts. He's going to fill out this coaching staff in a very quick order. At this point, the uh, Indianapolis, I'm sorry, the Carolina Panthers, the Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals have almost filled out their entire staffs, yet they hired their head coaches either around or after the Broncos hired Sean Payton. Hmm. Chad Brown, ladies and gentlemen, all pro linebacker, host of the Players Club on 104.3 of 104.3, the fan in Denver. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate you dropping in on us this morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always appreciate right, it. Right, so the, I agree, of course, Key, that the pressure is not on – I asked a little bit of a generic question there. The, it's not about pressure on them to win this season. The pressure is to start to get this ship turned around. Well, that's what around. I said. It, it, you it, gotta, it depends on what Russell Wilson looks like. That's all. It, it's about cleaning – this is a cleanup year. Yep. You know how the Giants were evaluation year? Yeah, and this they were ahead a, of schedule. This is a cleanup year. But Let is, me get Corden Sutton to be a hall, uh, uh, all-pro receiver. How do I get the most out of uh, Judy? Uh, can we get the running game intact? Can we calm Russell Wilson down from the mistakes? Can the defense – how do I get Pat Sertain uh, – uh, I don't know, is it the third or the junior or the ninth? How do I get him to be the best corner in the National Football League? All of those sort of things. There is pressure, however, not just for this upcoming season, but if you said who is facing – what quarterback-coach combination is facing the most pressure – to win a Super Bowl in their tenure together, they might be number one on the list, Key. Quarterback. You could say McDermott and Josh Allen. I don't think McCarthy. Well, he just got here. Yeah, but I'm saying before it's all over. Oh, before it's all over. Like, before it's all over for these two. Man, there's a lot of pressure to win on Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Nah. What? Because all the pressure is on Russ, not on Sean. There's double pressure in Buffalo because they've been together. 
No, and they'll be together. brought in to turn it around with Russ. Yeah, but he may. It's not his guy. He didn't draft. Well, that's true. And if Russ doesn't have it anymore, it, then yeah. they drafted Josh Allen. And if Russ ain't got it no more, Sean is like, well, he ain't got to get rid of this dude. Let's get me. Go get me that guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, Sean's got two get me quarterbacks left in him. One, right. One get me quarterback. No two. Why two? He got two. He got hold two. He hold on. He gets there. You you brought him in to fix the quarterback. He's not fixable. Okay. If he's not fixable, Sean gets to choose the next guy. If yes. that doesn't work, uh-uh. No, ain't going to be, ain't gonna be ain't, no rematch. No, no, man. Uh-uh. He got two. Why two? Explain it because, to Because, much like you said, if that don't work, he's out. Now I have to go draft a guy with, or whatever or find a guy. Mm-hmm. And then I find him and I get whatever many years out. If that don't work, I'm still Sean Payton. I uh, get another bite at the apple. Nope. I think so. I don't see it. I do. I no, think so. Got, I, I think too. This is this is this is the uh, Bill Parcells mafia. No, I at think work too. Here. Come on, will you stop, Bill Parcells you get, mafia? I see all you guys. <laughs> yeah, you know. Listen, he's going to get to choose the next quarterback if it doesn't work with Russell Wilson. After that, it's a wrap, man. It's no. a wrap. Now look, if it's not working out, but I'm betting it's because you're going to get how, how? Okay, here's a question. Before, we, before I'm betting we that's going to work though. I agree, but before we move on. How long does Russell Wilson have right now now that Sean Payton is there? Two years. So one, to show improvement, yeah. and two, to be good again. Yeah. He can show improvement without being really good, but he's going in the right direction. Yeah. And then after that, he's got to be good. Yeah, his, his touchdown interception rate, obviously, touchdowns up, interceptions down, turnovers down. Right. Get better. He They're going to tailor games, the right? offense, win some more games. Then the next year, which is next year, let's go. You got to make the playoffs. Yeah, let's go. Got to make the playoffs. Go. Russell Wilson's got to look good. Let's go. Otherwise, if if they even if they made the playoffs, but Russell Wilson really doesn't look good, how much more guaranteed money does he have? How many more years? You start looking at stuff like that. Yeah, the, the guaranteed money probably will start to dwindle away. It's the life of football, man. Think what can Russell I say? Been better off staying in Seattle. No, because it was going in the wrong direction there too. They probably would have let him walk by now. Oof. Can LeBron get the Lakers to the playoffs? Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. So what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go visit your parents, hang out with friends and catch a movie? They're all solid options, but what about devoting time to yourself? Maybe taking up a personal hobby you've put off. With everything in your life that you handle, work, picking the kids up from school, running errands, you never really get enough me time. The best way to squeeze that time into your schedule is to first understand your own personal value and then make yourself a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Prioritizing mental health is an important part of my life. Let BetterHelp empower you to be the best version of yourself and guide you along the journey of becoming a better you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash unsportsmanlike. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. It's 23 of the most important games of my career for a regular season. Lakers might have to go something like 17-6 and six in order to make up that gap. It's a major challenge ahead. The way the West has looked, I can't dismiss the possibility that the Los Angeles Lakers could make some noise. And I think as these pieces are better pieces than what they had before, I still see this team being, you know, an eight seed who goes out or has an exit in the first round. You're always going to give them a chance because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, Key, I was thinking about the, the sound we heard earlier in the show of you calling uh, J. Will J. Bob. You called him J. Bob, and he hasn't shown up all week. I think you may have to call up and call he's him up vacation, and apologize man. to him so he'll come back on the show. No, vacation. I think he's snubbing us. I think he's in protest. He's boycotting the show because because uh, you insulted him with J. Bob. Uh, maybe he went in a bonker. He challenged Key to a slap fight. Yeah, I ain't gonna be able to do it. See, slap boxing is fun, but that's not slap boxing. How is it fun? No, no, that's not slap. I'm saying slap boxing with like your friends, like you slap box with open hand. Yeah, but that's, that's different. That's, that's, that's not a this. Tap. This is that's I'm trying to no, break you your really, jaw with my open. Well, hand. you're not allowed. To, the thing I don't like about it is you can't play defense. It's just a matter of who can catch who with the palm of their hand to knock them out. Uh, no, but I just saw the video that 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 uh, Pat sent. Well, you got a guy standing, I think he's like standing on some sort of platform. Mm-hmm. The other yeah, guy has fights, the, yeah. the powder on his hand. And but that's the guy not just, slap boxing. He just stands there and he does his deal, does his deal, and then he just hauls off and just swow right yeah. in the dude's face. You're not allowed to duck out the way, nothing, yeah. But why would you want to put yourself in that position? Who would want, uh, not me. Um, I don't, you have to ask someone who gets slapped in the face for a living. Man, I, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess in that in that confrontation, you want to be able to... That's not a confrontation. Well, the, the point is you want to be able to, to slap just right to knock the dude out so he never gets a shot at you. I guess that's what... But that's not fair. You just got to sit there and have well, someone hold off and knock you out. why would I want somebody to do shot. that, though? That's like... It doesn't make any sense. I don't think you would. But I guess it's just like when they say you play football for a living going across the middle and you get mad when the kids... Kids no, no, jump no, up and down on the bed that, and that, break their leg. But that requires skill. <laughs> this is just who can take a... Who can not hope to See, not get caught in the right spot with an open hand. You don't think that, that takes skill. You, you should ask one of those dudes if it takes skill and then let them show toughness. you. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> you can describe it. Oh, God. Can LeBron, does LeBron James have the skill to get the Lakers into the playoffs or will it be another slap in the face to Lakers fans? No, we're fine. Don't worry about us. We're not the Knicks. You didn't hear the slap in the face thing? See what I did with the transition? I don't know, man. The, 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 look, this is a better roster than when we started the season. Yep. We dug ourselves a little bit of a hole, as we've done over the last several years. But we're not so far out of it that we can't get back in it. I saw an interesting, uh, I think it was probably an Instagram reel, of Buck Showalter, the baseball manager, used to manage the Yankees, talking about uh, culture, you know, culture of a team. He goes, you know what, when you're winning games, like if you're not winning games, the culture's no good. Basically, it comes de- – I look at the Lakers. I look at the Nets with KD. Say whatever you want about the dysfunction, this and that. Bottom line was they couldn't stay healthy in Brooklyn. 
No. Bottom line is the reason the Lakers, AD, hasn't been healthy. When you trade everyone on the team for a superstar to pair with the other superstar, and that guy you traded for misses half the games, guess what? (laughs) You're going to have a hard time winning. You thin out the roster to bring him in, then he misses half the games. What are you going to do? I'm not even mad at AD. People get, like, mad at him, like, there's, he's doing something wrong. I mean, he's just the way his no, body you, is put you, together. you're mad at him because it's always something. Or you're disappointed at him because it's always something. It's like, as, soon, do I always as, bring as soon as he, fall down on the, he falls yeah. down on the ground, you just get instantly mad because it's like every time in the past that he's fallen down on the ground, he's missed several weeks. But who do I always bring up? Eric Davis, the red center fielder from yeah. back in the day. He, it's not that he wasn't a gamer or he didn't like, wasn't tough or didn't no. love baseball. He, his body was fragile. I understand. He I was understand a great that. player, but he was like the same thing. I, I understand that, but it's, I think it's also the, the injuries that AD comes up with. It's always like something that people be like, come on, man, seriously? When you say comes up with, it's like he's sitting in a room going, what would sound good? It's just, no, but I mean, like, he falls on the ground. Yeah. And then it's his shoulder, right? Man, the it's ground, like, I'll be key. Man, the ground is hard. But it's like, okay, but his shoulder didn't rip out of the socket. Right. So it's like, well, he should be able to play. You know, that sort You're of thing. You're applying football standards or, to the or, NBA. Or he twists his He's ankle. He's still alive. He should be able to play. But that, you, you, you want to know why people are always trying to blame him for something because of that. He well, falls down on the ground, it's his ankle, and he's down there for like eight hours. You know, it's an ankle. It, what if and it, it didn't break. But what if really it's just like that for him? I understand that it is really like that for yeah. him. But people don't see that. You know, that's why it, it's constant joke. Street clothes. It's this, it's yeah. that. Oh, if he falls down. Well, Reggie Miller said about him a couple weeks ago. Every time, you know, he grimaces, it's like, ah, oh, seven weeks yeah. or whatever he said. Feels that way. I mean, but and that's unfair, but he has missed time. KD missed a lot of time recently. But they don't say that about KD. They don't say it about KD because, it, it, you know, he had a catastrophic injury he was coming back from. Yes, but yeah. they still don't say when he misses time due to whatever. It's true. They don't say that about him because it's not like he's giving you the every sense. two weeks is happening. KD gives you the sense that if he could possibly be out there, he'll be out there. And I think and AD could be AD out there, he'll be out there. But he's not giving people that feeling. Yes, because every time he falls down on the ground, there's always something. I feel like we're and then you guys, And then you guys want to break down the celebration. Who's you guys? The media. You mean like Keyshawn, Jay Willemette? You guys want to break it down and say, well, he's not paying attention to his teammate breaking the scoring record. Look at him. He's a, and the guy was just sitting over there. You know, he had all he was just taking in the moment. That's what he was doing. Keyshawn Johnson. To the point where I even thought he was clapping with his knees. I thought he was, you know, clapping with his knees. We went back and watched. But it's, like, it's like he those commercials play. where you throw the flag, the challenge flag, you get to watch it again. But on this show, we really live in that world because we can run back the video. We ran back the video. You're like, look, look. Uh, but that's no, what never I mind. Thought. I yeah. thought he was like clapping by his knees, but he wasn't. Come on, man. There was he was just. There was something He there. was taking in the moment. He was frustrated. They was losing, and he hadn't played well, and he was taking in the moment all at the same time. But everybody dissected that moment on top of him oh. being injured all the time. There was something going on. I'm telling you right now. I, 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 I can only go off what the man said. That's the only thing you can go and off And then of? they all went out and celebrated and had dinner together and everything. If I tell you I just came back from a trip to Mars, is it the only thing you can go off of is what I say? Well, you said you was in Mars. Where were you? Oh, I was in Mars. Oh, okay, cool. How was it? <laughs> the benighted Keyshawn Johnson. Key, you have to bring some cynicism or at least skepticism to the table, right? No. You, no, none at all? No. Why? Why do you have to? Because we all, because 50 years on this planet Earth, almost, for me, 
has told me things about human nature. If there's a big celebratory moment, it is possible that AD really was just tired, was you know in the middle of a competitive yeah. game, all this stuff. It is also possible, maybe even more likely, based on my experience, that he was feeling a certain kind of way. Yes, they when, were losing. He said it. Everyone else in the arena was but clapping they, and but stopping. Those, and all his those other individuals, teammates. Those individuals are enamored <laughs> with LeBron James to a whole nother level. AD's is running, buddy. So it wasn't really that big of a deal to so him at that moment. T- you mean to tell me that AD, for some reason, is giving people the feeling, unlike KD, who also misses time, that where KD, if he could possibly be out there, he is. But for whatever reason, AD's not giving people that feeling. That people like Reggie Miller, like the dude sneezes, he misses seven weeks, right? <laughs> that but that up. dude was the one guy in the arena who was so wrapped up in the competitive nature of the game, he couldn't stop to cheer his teammate who just broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's supposedly cele- unbreakable He was going to celebrate him after the fact. What's wrong with that, Max? Nothing to see here, man. You guys are unbelievable. <laughs> when Key did a show on 710 ESPN, we both worked on that station in L.A., great station out in L.A. He did the morning show. I did the afternoon show. They used to literally do a segment with Key called Nothing to See Here. Yeah, because y'all always trying to create drama. Nothing to see. There'd be like some amazing thing and give you like nothing to see here. <laughs> Move along. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Hey, coming up, Mike Greenberg. Greenberg. Greenie will tell you there is something to see here. Am I a top five pirate ever? Who <laughs> said that? Pat <laughs> said that to you. Talking about Key's SI cover. Keyshawn J. Will and Max Greeny up next. See you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.